Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's special guest began teaching tango in Berlin, Germany, back in 2002. In 2005, she was invited to teach in New York City and eventually relocated to North America. She travels regularly, and in addition to teaching, she's also a DJ. To date, she has taught in over 40 cities worldwide. And with me now is Vanya Ray. Vanya, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for including me. Okay, I wanted to get right into things. I know we uh, we were in communication a little bit before. Um, so can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? I don't actually remember the exact moment. Okay. Um, but I used to be a ballroom and Latin dancer before, okay. and it was coming to a point... I, I was 24 when I started started tango, mm-hmm. and at that time, oh, as a ballroom and Latin dancer, I was getting old. Okay. So I wanted some type of a dance that I can do when I'm old, mm-hmm. and tango turned out to be that. So I didn't expect it to be what it is because I didn't really enjoy it so much in the beginning. Okay. But I did want to give it a chance because I saw a video of a woman in her 90s, I think, dancing. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if she can do it, then that's something good. I can do it probably when I'm that age, too. Okay. So you said you you weren't sure if you liked it in the beginning. Why, Why was that? Because at the time when I started, I was still doing ballroom and Latin. Mm -hmm. And tango was so much... um, less uh, athletic I see. than what I was used to doing. Mm-hmm. And also, my very first teachers were not the best couple to start with. Oh. Um, that was at, yeah, it was at the university in, in, in Berlin, at the Humboldt University. Okay. And, you know, l- later, actually, I was one of the, of the teachers there. But at that time, this couple was, um, she was a ballerina, she was a lovely woman, mm-hmm. but she had no idea how to lead, for example. So she couldn't help us at all, mm-hmm. but have us do drill. Okay. Whereas he was just um, kind of coming with a little bit of a, of a whiff of, <laughs> of alcohol to class. Okay. And he was just sitting un- un- unhappy in the corner and just, he was an Argentinian guy. Okay. don't even remember his name. He was just saying no. No, that was that was all that we were getting from him. So after a semester of, of taking lessons with them, mm-hmm. I still still didn't know if I'm doing the eight count basic mm-hmm. at the at the second step if I'm supposed to change weight or not. I see. So I didn't know what an actual Latin followed looked like or mm-hmm. or a basic step properly done or anything. So it was just a, a giant waste of of time from from my perspective. Oh wow, wow! But then at some point. You, you stuck with it though, and at some point it was it became your passion. Do you do you know the turning point of when you started to enjoy the dance? I 
in a way. Mm-hmm. I know the turning point when I decided I'll give it another shot. Okay. Because I had said, when the, when the semester is over, I'm just going to quit. This is horrible. <laughs> and um, then at the, the end of the semester, actually, Humboldt University had four classes, I think, with four different teachers mm-hmm. or teacher couples, teaching couples. And uh, we had a, a, a party, a ball, a milonga, that was um, behind one of the art galleries in Berlin mm-hmm. with a marble floor outside, midsummer, mm. with a beautiful like dance floor that they had kind of described with candles. And everybody brought something for it. It was a potluck milonga. Okay. It was absolutely just gorgeous atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And also then I saw Konstantin Kluge, who turned out to be my, or I, I, I decided I want him as my future teacher and master. Ah. And uh, he was dancing with this this gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And mm-hmm. for the first time in my life, I saw them um, in close embrace. Mm-hmm. And she had her eyes closed, and he was closing his eyes every now and then. And they just looked so in a bubble and mm-hmm. so into each other and so enjoying what they're doing that I, I, I didn't even know that, that existed. Mm-hmm. Because as a ballroom dancer, it's all for the others. So we do is to show the dance for everybody who's watching us. Right. We don't do it to enjoy it inside of our own bubble. I see. Yeah. So that was like, a, that was the moment when I realized what tango actually can be. Mm. And I, I didn't know that that existed. Okay, interesting. So the next semester, yeah, when it, when the next semester started, I basically uh-huh. started taking all the lessons that Constantine was, was teaching and that turned out to be like inside of the university and outside for four classes a week. Mm-hmm. So I really just went there, gun hole with everything in, and um, started started serving with him. Great. So can you describe your very first dance at a milonga? I can. I remember my very first milonga. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was the first dance, but okay. the most memorable one was first milonga was scary. I just remember being petrified from being there mm-hmm. and everybody seemed to know what they're doing and I seemed not to know at all. Mm-hmm. I was with friends, so that was that was good, mm-hmm. but I think that half of them were from my class, so we were, half of us were just scared. <laughs> and there was a, a guy that I knew, a friend, who was, from my perspective at that time, already an amazing dancer. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to dance and uh, at some point in the dance, he just kind of stopped. I didn't know that I'm supposed to be listening to the music, and maybe the music had stopped or like slowed down or something, or he decided to do a dramatic pause. I don't remember uh-huh. why he stopped, because I had nothing to connect it with at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember looking up to him and saying, am I supposed to do something? And he said, you can do whatever you want. And I was thinking, I don't want to do anything. I just want to hang out here and... You're supposed to tell me what to do. <laughs> so maybe he was expecting me to embellish. Or I, to this day, I have no idea what actually was going on there. And okay. I didn't, again, as a ballroom dancer, I had spent so many years learning how to never stop, how mm-hmm. to be always in, in constant motion, that the idea of stopping was just so out of the ordinary. Oh, okay. <laughs> That that was that was really the problem that I didn't even know that I I'm supposed to be finishing every step in my axis. Oh. I, I I was r- moving through every step very very slowly, never ever arriving even for a second stopping my axis because that's how you do it in in international ballroom. Mm-hmm. 
Then it turned out that actually I was wrong. Okay. But um, I also remember from that Milan that there was a performance. Okay. And it was some Argentinian couple, no idea who they were. Um, but they did a show tangle. He was lifting her up, twirling her in the air. She was doing splits. It was very spectacular, and I thought, I'll never do this. <laughs> this is absolutely, like, that's not going to be me. I cannot see myself doing any of that. <laughs> so I was kind of wondering at that point, is this what I'm supposed to be learning? Is this where, where I'm heading? That has nothing to do with the with the granny that I had watched dance. Right. <laughs> so it was... I, I didn't know at that at that time that they're like stage tango and, and, mm-hmm. and, and tango de pista, social tango. I thought, okay, it's the one tango. Which one is it? <laughs> what am I learning? <laughs> wow. Yeah, just to see a, to see a performance at your first milonga is, is definitely um, an experience. It can be very inspiring. It can be very intimidating. Yeah, so speaking of, uh, of first milongas, so... Now that you've had much more experience, you're probably working with a lot of students who are um, just starting to come to Milongas. They, they may be just as frightened as you were. Um, so what advice would you give to them, to those students? Because many of them are, are listeners. Uh, what advice would you give them to uh, help make their Milonga experiences more enjoyable as they fall in love with tango? I think two things. One of them is don't feel pressure to dance. Mm-hmm. You can go and, 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 and sit and watch and you don't have to, you don't have to dance. Mm-hmm. We have this culture of, um, of feeling that the milonga is, 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 is a time to, it's like a race. How mm-hmm. many, how many times do I manage to, to yes. squeeze in? Yep. And it, it keeps boggling or it, it kept surprising me when I started going to Buenos Aires that there would be people who won't dance at all mm-hmm. and they just enjoy watching. Yeah. And I think that it would be nice if people, when they don't feel comfortable with dancing or when they are not ready, mm-hmm. they didn't feel pressure to dance. It's perfectly fine to just sit and socialize and watch and take it in until you're ready. Right. And when you're ready, I think it's a great idea to go to premium longer classes. Mm-hmm. Because that's when you're going to be meeting people. Yeah. Don't just go to the milonga. Go earlier. It's the beginning of the milonga is the safe time when there are few people, people that might not even usually dance with you because they're mm-hmm. they're more desired for them. Partners later in the night mm-hmm. are more willing to to dance with you in the beginning when there is hardly anyone there. Mm-hmm. So. Premilonga classes are, from my perspective, just the best thing that that somebody new to town or new to tango yeah. um, can do. Yeah, yeah, that's one that's really helped me my my early early days of tango because you meet somebody there at the class and then you know if you connect they say oh hey come find me later and you know that's yeah uh, yeah you, you get a get a friend or an ally early on definitely definitely good exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You present yourself, people get to see you, even the people who don't want to dance with you, but also the people who do want to dance with you. Right. So it's, uh, if, you, if you go to the Milonga, you might not get a chance to get up and dance at all when mm-hmm. people don't know you. Right. But the people in class already saw you. They're the ones that will give you, again, the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Or yes. know exactly what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, definitely good advice. So speaking of advice, I mean, you've studied with many, many wonderful teachers, and I'm sure they've given you some really good advice that have shaped your own dancing and your own teaching. But can you maybe tell us about some 
memorable words of wisdom that you've received from teachers that really stuck with you? I think the the, the most memorable for me um, came from Constantine. So mm-hmm. I was his student and then assistant and then kind of partner partially uh, for for a few years. Mm-hmm. And when he was teaching me how to, I learned my first like first ways of teaching from him. Um, he said that a teacher is um, as much a teacher as uh, as an entertainer too. I see. So he said it, it doesn't. People need to laugh. People need to um, release pressure, release tension. Mm. So he thought it's extremely important to make people laugh, to make people <laughs> just just let go of the of the tension that builds up. Mm-hmm. And the the longer I teach, I've been at it for, what is it, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and, and the less I feel like I have something to, to prove, uh, the more I'm seeing how people are actually very often terrified of me oh. because I'm the teacher. Yeah. And I, I, as an Eastern European, I tend to be very direct and, and, and very mm-hmm. non-bullshit. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I I think that you know I I work hard for everything that I want to achieve, mm-hmm. and if people want to achieve something, then they need to put some effort in it, which tends to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Some people uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I I've learned to balance that, and and more and more with being funny in class and making sounds and making faces and running around and (laughs) doing stuff to make them to to, to forget that I'm a scary person, Mm -hmm. but to feel more comfortable (laughs) around me. (laughs) I know I have the accent. I have to look. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I used to think that people cannot possibly, I'm I'm, I'm a young woman and Mm -hmm. as some people challenge my authority, I could not Mm-hmm. think that anyone could be scared. Yeah. Now I'm seeing that I guess I I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think I think that if they see that you care, that's that's the most important. That that's a really important thing. Yes. But yeah. But okay. you're right. I do I care about the students. That's that's the one thing that I, I want every each one and each one of them to succeed. Yeah. That's my mm-hmm. my biggest accomplishment when I see somebody mm-hmm. and biggest pride when I see somebody getting better. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Okay, another question I have. Um, a lot of my students, and I'm sure a lot of your stu- students that you've met in all of your travels, many of them are, are perfectionists and they, mm-hmm. they are wonderful students because they're very engaged. They want to, they want to do well in tango and they ask questions and um, you know, they pay attention and so forth. But uh, many of them, you know, when they're dancing at milongas, they have this voice in their head saying, oh, if I make a mistake, I'm afraid my partner's going to think I'm a bad dancer. And I hear this from many dancers, from you know, both leads and follows, men and women. You know, that's, that's nothing, it's, a, it's an issue that doesn't have anything to do with, with physical skill, but rather something that's going on inside perhaps emotionally. So how do you as a teacher... Uh, how do you personally address the uh, this dilemma that many perfectionists feel in in tango? Mm, two ways. Okay. One is I tell them it's fine to screw up, mm-hmm. and that, for example, I find it usually women are more vocal about it. Mm-hmm. So if I lead, they keep apologizing, ah. and I usually um, tell them that I 
often don't have a plan and I just kind of lead, even if it's not true. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But Mm -hmm. that I just kind of go in a certain direction and want to see what happens. Mm -hmm. When I was a younger lead, it it was happening more often than not. Now I know to about 98% what I want exactly to happen. Mm -hmm. But also, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't bother me. I know also how to fix what or adapt what I'm doing to Mm -hmm. what what her reaction was. Mm-hmm. So I just tell them, you know, I, I'm not the man with the plan. I don't particularly care. So just do whatever and it's mm-hmm. going to work out. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, for men, I usually tell them, you're just 50% of the of the equation. Mm-hmm. Very often I find that men who are perfectionists feel like it's their responsibility to give her a good dance. Uh-huh. And I think that that's just crap. <laughs> because you, you can't... Uh, Am I, am I allowed to use words like that? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so, uh, um, you know, it's, they, they think that it's, it's, it's on them. They think that they have to be somehow responsible. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how uh, skilled the partner that they're dancing with is, mm-hmm. they should be able to do, um, to perform at, at, at their highest. Mm-hmm. which just doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, she has 50% of the work to do. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of work than, than the lead, but right. it's still 50%. Mm-hmm. And you can't have a, a high-level professional and a beginner and give them the same dance. Right. That's just not possible. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking, oh, I couldn't lead that, that cross with, with her, something must be wrong with me, mm-hmm. I tell them she she doesn't know her part. She doesn't have the skills to do her her movement. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. It's really just mm-hmm. not all you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think because uh, a lot of our listeners, they're you know they're they are perfectionists, and I think it's be very very reassuring for them to to hear what you just said. So. Yes, stop. Don't apologize all the time, ladies. It's not always your fault, and guys, don't. Dude, it's not all of your responsibility. You got to work together, 50-50 partnership. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Also, I I, I remember, for example, um, when I was more of a beginner, mm-hmm. I used to feel so bad about touching the foot of the lead oh. because we then open toe shoes. So mm-hmm. if we if we get kicked, it hurts. Yeah. So we usually think that it hurts the lead. Mm-hmm. And I tell all my followers, I lead usually in, in men's shoes. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel it. Don't worry. It's not <laughs> by far not the same. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to apologize to me because there is nothing happened and touches are normal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the reasons for which women apologize mm-hmm. or they, they are, are, are so unnecessary. Yeah. Or they, they, they read, in, in the end, I'm, I'm starting to kind of come off of the idea of saying leading and following. Right. Because in the end, it, the, the lead suggests something. Mm-hmm. The follower takes all of the experience, all of the knowledge that she has. And in the very short time that she has, she makes a decision. Yeah. How, what do I do? What am I required to do? What am I asked to do? And how do I do it? And when do I do it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she goes with that. And it's a, it, it's a world of imperfect information. And yeah. sometimes she will get wrong and she'll completely misread what, what the lead intended to do. Mm-hmm. But it's better to just go with that and, and take a wrong step mm-hmm. and the lead is going to work around that instead of not taking a step. Yeah. I had a student who was 
she's always so scared of, of doing it wrong that she mm-hmm. would be hanging on one leg half halfway into the step but not transferring the weight because she, uh, she was so petrified mm-hmm. and it becomes one of those situations where it's like you first no no you first no no you first yeah. and nobody <laughs> I wait for her to step to, 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 to see how do I react to what she does mm-hmm. while she's waiting for me to give her even more information you know right. two steps like no, somebody, somebody gotta go. Just, yeah. just go. <laughs> yes, I think I like what you said. It's a world of imperfect information, and I think that's that's a very important to understand. And it's okay. You just take a move, and we'll we go from there. Yes, one of the things that also is kind of important to yes. me to tell my students now, more, mostly the leads, mm-hmm. is that the, the followers operate in a in a state of constant panic. <laughs> and because of that imperfect information, the, yes. the better they, they or the, the more experience they get, they, of course, have more tools to read the information faster mm-hmm. and, and, and better and feel more, more secure in their choices. Yeah. But they still don't know ever for a fact that this is exactly how the lead envisioned it. Yeah. And in, in the beginning, it's very, or for, for years, actually, it's quite quite nerve-wracking yes and every time when when the follower panics the lead needs to calm her down Mm -hmm. needs to give them time to just relax and instead of instead of rushing even more Mm -hmm. it's it's i I see it as a responsible of the responsibility of the lead to just slow down make sure that the the follower is is okay right got got his or 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 her abilities again and Mm -hmm. and then start over yeah. And that's every time it's interesting when I mention that every time it's a it's a shock for the leads mm-hmm. and all followers start actively shaking their heads and be like, Yep, exactly, that is exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we we all know how, how it is. I mean we have such a short time to read the information and execute it. Yeah. And if the leads are, are rushing then that shortens our time even more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think what you said, constant, yeah, constant, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, I, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, so I got a little far away from my microphone. But yeah, um, yeah, what you said about the, the follower in a, in a constant state of panic, especially in the beginning, that's, uh, that's really important for, for leaders to, to understand because the follower cannot read the leader's mind. And, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. That's why, for example, when people ask me, how do I lead a beginner? Mm-hmm. Um, I say, I, I, I abandon the music. Okay. Because the music usually gives me the, the timing of when to step, for example, the, the beat. Mm-hmm. Or if I want to do the melody when I want to speed up, when I want to slow down. But um, a beginner doesn't have that ability to move in, in that restriction, in the, in the restriction that time gives. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just say, okay, the step is going to take as long as it takes and move with her, you know, as, or with him as, as, as they do, Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying no, but I really want it to be on, on this beat and I want it to be like that. I I find that it's easier to kind of coerce a beginner to do, for example, different steps Mm -hmm. if you give them time. Yeah. But even if you if you simplify the vocabulary, mm-hmm. but you keep it on the beat, then it's still harder for them. Ah. Then if you if you if you abandon the the timing 
mm-hmm. restriction. Mm-hmm. Probably not for everybody, but that's kind of my my general experience that the, the speed is what scares followers so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I'm really glad we got to we got to talk about that. It's really good to hear your thoughts on that because I think the these are a lot of the issues our, our listeners are are looking for. <laughs> so. so <laughs> nice. Yeah. So changing gears now. Um, so how do you keep challenging yourself to improve? Well, I'm a perfect perfectionist myself. Okay. <laughs> no surprise there. I'm usually the, the person that watches my performances and just goes, no, 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 no. This ah. is no, no, this, this horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that's one of the things that kind of keeps me, keeps me on my toes yeah. to see myself perform. And then from there, I see things that's Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess I, I had that, but I'll, I'll need to work more on this or that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways. Another one is I want to be the the most the best teacher that I can be yeah. because teaching is my passion. Mm-hmm. So I keep going to Buenos Aires once or twice a year, and mm-hmm. I take lessons every day when I'm there. Nice with all different teachers that I can get mm-hmm. because I'm I'm really interested in how they teach. Mm-hmm. And with with time, I keep changing constantly. Every year, if, you, if somebody took a class with me last year, this year is going to be different. Okay. Because I'm I'm trying to to find more ways, easier ways, better ways to explain what I want, ah. give different imagery. Mm-hmm. So I collect imagery from from other teachers, and I and I keep thinking about how can I come up with an even better mm-hmm. image, even better meta, me, metaphor, even better way to explain what I what I want okay that that's one of the that intellectual challenge is one of the things that just gives me an enormous satisfaction when I find the best mm-hmm. for me um, yeah. image okay way with tango there are just infinite layers and there's always something new to learn with with this dance so even though you've had so much experience you traveled so many places to to dance and to teach what's something new that you've learned recently i think this time when i was in buenos aires Mm -hmm. i was working a lot with um alejandra mantignan okay and i've been people had suggested i work with her for a while but it's just because of our schedule, it wasn't uh, possible before. Mm-hmm. And everybody told me, um, brace yourself, she's going to blow your mind, mm-hmm. and she's as tough as they make them, and she she has their unique way of teaching. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that she very much concentrates on, and it was kind of a supplement to what I've, I've been already developing for myself mm-hmm. as, a, as an understanding, um, is the... The use of the of the shoulder blades or of the latissimus in oh. in leading. Okay. So that was in 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 some ways I um, don't quite agree with with her ideas. Okay. But I don't have to. Right. Um. In in other ways I find them absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. So she she gave me through that some answer an an answer to a rotation question that I've had for for a while mm. and I've been I've been taking privates with different people looking for that one answer that particular element about the the relationship between the arm and the back and the shoulder blade uh-huh. and she she wasn't aiming to give me that piece but just through her teaching I managed to okay. you know, to get it 
Oh. So I'm extremely, extremely happy for them. Yeah. <laughs> my questions are very often very, very detailed and very, very like clear in my mind what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's why hard to ask or mm-hmm. hard to find the information because most people, if they don't think exactly the way that I do, right. they don't quite understand what is it they want. <laughs> I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. The, the sh- think of the shoulder blade in relation to the arm. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. So what, um, what future projects are you working on, Vanya? Uh, I'm not much of a planner, to be honest. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, I, I have ideas that I'm, I'm very often too lazy to, to follow <laughs> up with, or I, I, I don't have the... I don't have them quite filed out in order to to start them, mm-hmm. but I, I guess sometimes I just need to do something and then see how how that develops and change from there. Yeah. For example, one of the things that people for for a few years already have been asking me is to do instructional videos. I see. And I keep saying yes, 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 I'll do it, and mm-hmm. I just never did. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that's kind of one of the things that's still somewhere on the on the on the back burner for me. And mm-hmm. I'm every now and then I think about how do I do it and where do I do it and so mm-hmm. on. But um, yeah, I'm really just not the planning type. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so much more of going with the flow. Okay, but very much like tango dancing, right? Yes. In a way. Yes. It's yeah. it's, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm I was a finance major, so you would think that I'm actually a very like straightforward and and, and direct that, and that, that's what I was thinking. Type. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I know that I give that that impression that mm-hmm. I'm very, uh, you know, very pushy or direct or something, and I'm really not. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm actually as mellow as they make them. If I want yeah. something mm-hmm. and 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 I start doing something, then of course, since I'm a perfectionist, I want to get the do the best and and, and achieve the most. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, getting me to move in a new direction is sometimes <laughs> requires a whole village to push me (laughs) (laughs) okay oh well i'm sure you'll i i'm sure you know as you go with the flow you'll definitely figure out um something very fun and very interesting to to do so where can we find more information about you online vanya well i have a new web page so i'm very very happy about that Mm -hmm. it's vanyatango.com right and um i have of course, on, on Facebook, Vanya Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also a YouTube channel, speaking of videos, okay. that kind of find the Vanya. Um, but find the Vanya so far has been a little, well, it, it, it goes along with my enthusiasm for producing stuff. Okay. <laughs> As I just explained. So if, if there would be instructional videos or teasers of some type or... You know, I do get off my butt and decide to do something. It will be there. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I've been to your website. I really like the way it's designed. It's a really, it's a really neat aesthetic. It's very unique. <laughs> so. Thank you. Yeah, I. The idea was mine, and the the all of the execution was uh, of two friends of mine in Bulgaria who did just an amazing, amazing job. Oh. I'm so grateful to them and so proud of them. Excellent. Boyko and Yuana are just the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. 
Okay, Vanya. Well, it's been really great talking to you. Thank you so much for the information. Yeah, and hopefully I will run into you on the uh, dance floor in the not-too-distant future. Yes. I don't know if you're coming to Albuquerque now this weekend, but um, I'll, be, I'll be around. All right, Vanya. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you again, and we'll keep in touch. Yes. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, that was another productive conversation. Vanya made a lot of great points, and what stuck out to me were her thoughts on perfectionism. So many of you listening are perfectionists, I am as well, so for both leaders and followers, we need to remember that neither party is responsible for the entire dance. Leaders, don't feel that you need to control every single movement, and as you're moving, make sure you give the follower time to finish her part before moving on. If something's not working, don't go faster, slow down, take it down a notch. And Vanya's advice to followers was also valuable. If you're relatively new to tango and you're a follower, you're going to be, as Vanya puts it, in a constant state of panic at first. And that's understandable. You're gonna be making a lot of split-second decisions based on imperfect information, but step boldly. Don't be afraid of being wrong. You're not gonna ruin the dance if you happen to step where the leader did not intend for you to go. As Vanya said, leaders and followers are each responsible for 50% of the work, no more, no less. Your roles are different, but complementary. When things go wrong, it's not about blaming or taking the blame. Focus on working together and making things easier for each other. So thank you again, Vanya, for your many insights and for your time. And to all of you listeners, thank you again so much for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoyed this program and you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, it would mean the world to me if you could go to any one or all three of those platforms, leave a five-star rating, a positive review, and remember to subscribe. It only takes a minute, but does a lot to help more people find this podcast. Now, on SoundCloud, I don't think they have stars. There's just that little heart button uh, next to the track. It's pretty easy to spot. Just give that a click, and you're good to go. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes on Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.